This is a Federal News Network podcast. Two of the government's biggest research and research funding agencies have signed a new memorandum of understanding. They say reaffirms a long history of cooperation. Here with details, NASA's Associate Administrator for Policy and Partnerships, Mike Gold. It's such a pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me again. And this latest memorandum of understanding is with the National Science Foundation. Tell us what it covers. (laughs) That might take up the rest of the morning, Tom. Uh, There is nearly nothing that NASA does that isn't informed by the work of the National Science Foundation. It's an extraordinarily broad collaboration, as you might imagine, from the scope and scale of what the NSF does everything from climate science and understanding climate change and really integrating climate data so that we can take what we gather from everything from weather balloons to satellites to data across the world to create a model of what Earth's atmosphere and climate looks like so we can learn and tackle the existential threat of our time with climate change issues. Uh, Moreover, as we move out into space, there's a vast amount of work that can occur and and is on the International Space Station. Microgravity is a whole new realm for scientific discovery. And whether it's quantum technology or basic physics, there's so much that we're learning together with our partner from the NSF that will bolster both space exploration while increasing our economic competitiveness and scientific discoveries. Uh, It's just a a panacea of wonderful things for the country and the world via this NASA and NSF partnership. I'm looking at the list of categories in which the two will work together, you and NSF, space science, earth system science, human exploration and operations, space life sciences, space physical sciences, space technology, citizen science, and science, technology, STEM, engineering and math education. So there is a space orientation to this. Is part of this a way to coordinate research grants and research funding and research activities such that you avoid duplication, perhaps, and get cross-fertilization from a single grant or a single research associate? Absolutely. We want to make sure that we're always good stewards of taxpayer money, and this is why This kind of collaboration relationship is so important. As you point out, we not only eliminate any redundancies or duplication, but there's a tremendous amount of synergy between what we do and what the NSF is researching. And we each have such unique and singular facilities. If you look at the McMurdo station that the NSF has in Antarctica, that is an unparalleled platform for a lot of the climate research that we do, but even discovering ancient asteroids. So there's a space component to that as well. Then you have the International Space Station on the NASA side that, again, is a completely unique facility. And by leveraging those facilities, by leveraging the different scientific activities that we do, we're able to make each other's research so much better, enhance the capabilities and really, you know, boldly go where no two of these organizations have gone before. We're doing much more together than we ever could apart. We are speaking with Mike Gold, the Associate Administrator for Policy and Partnerships at NASA. And how does this work in a day-to-day sense? Are there people from NSF embedded at NASA and vice versa, that kind of thing? 
So we don't uh, work with embeds per se, but it's communication between the program directors. Again, leveraging facilities, time, et cetera. Let me maybe give you a quick example for you and your listeners, and one that I think is particularly important when it comes to quantum technology. You know, right now we're looking at a phenomenon called quantum entanglement, where you get a pair of photons uh, entangled in a way that communication of information occurs between the two of them in a very expeditious fashion. As a matter of fact, the communication is instantaneous, actually breaking the speed of light. It's a phenomena that uh, Einstein <laughs> looked at way back in the day and, and is fascinating today. Uh, I do try not to break the laws of physics too many times before lunch, but given this conversation, <laughs> I have to point it out that it's an extraordinary phenomena. So we're working with lasers on the International Space Station to entangle these photons and do experiments with quantum communication to the ground via this quantum initiative that's you know, we're working in partnership with the NSF. So that's a good example of a collaboration where our people on the International Space Station were leveraging our facilities to support research conducted by the NSF and other agencies on what's an absolutely critical issue for the future. I know that you and your listeners are going to be hearing a lot more about quantum technology, whether that's quantum computing, whether that's quantum communications, as I was describing, or quantum encryption, even quantum sensors are being developed. And I truly believe that the countries and companies that excel at quantum technology are going to be the scientific and economic leaders of the future. Well, with those photons playing together so nicely, it sounds like an astronaut could talk to Earth and the words would get there before he said them. Absolutely. And I'm uh, looking forward to having just some clear cell signals for once <laughs> in the Washington, D.C. area. So. Yeah, that would be a, certainly a practical application of that kind of thing. And tell us a little bit more about the STEM initiative part of this memorandum. I'm glad you raised that, Tom, because diversity is so important for innovation. We need to make sure that all of America is engaged when it comes to science, that the diverse nature of the American population drives innovation. It's really the United States' great advantage. And that's why it's so terrific to work with the NSF on a program they have called the Inclusion Across the Nation of Communities of Learners of Underrepresentative Discoverers in Engineering and Science. And that spells out includes, which is exactly what they're trying to do. And we're working with them on a number of NASA programs as well. We're collaborating with researchers at minority-serving institutions through our own Minority University Research and Education Project and the Office of STEM Engagement. So not only are we working on the substantive science with the NSF, but we're trying to make sure that together there is a new generation and a larger and broader and more diverse generation of engineers because we're going to need every one of those STEM professionals to be competitive, to be supportive, and to improve life in the future. And not to get too prosaic, but in the preparation of research budgets that are submitted up through the White House and eventually to Congress, is there some level of coordination there also? Yeah, absolutely. That's what these MOUs are intended to do, again, to ensure that we're leveraging our facilities fully not only for our own activities, but 
to take a holistic look at research across the federal government and ensure that we're acting as efficiently as possible relative to our appropriations as well as our facilities and time. And there's a very, very long bulleted list of areas to cooperate on, specific interests including but not limited to list. And looking way down on there, there is a National Robotics Initiative. Briefly, tell us what that's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So robotics, as you know, is generally applicable to almost every industrial field here on Earth. And it's vital for space exploration that without robotic assistance, robotic capabilities, not only are pure robotic probes, such as Mars Perseverance, which is nearly at Mars now, uh, we've got a mission arriving that will be next month, but even our human spaceflight activities on the International Space Station, there's the Canada arm that's uh, contributed by our friends and colleagues at the Canadian Space Agency. Everything that we do in space is assisted by robotics in part because of the harshness of the environment that it helps protect our astronauts the more that we can combine their activities with robotics. And that's only going to become more true as we move beyond low Earth orbit to the moon, Mars, and beyond. And that's because of the radiation environment that when we operate in low Earth orbit, we're protected essentially by the Earth's shield, if you want to use a sci-fi term, the Earth provides shields due to its magnetic field around Earth and Earth orbit that protects us from solar flares, cosmic rays. But when astronauts move beyond that, it's a much more pernicious environment where robotics will be key. And frankly, learning how technologies and systems operate in a harsh radiation environment like that. And that, too, is an area that we're collaborating with the NSF on. Well, lots of fascinating things there. Now, this agreement was signed by Dr. Panchanathan of the NSF and Jim Bridenstine, the administrator of NASA in the last administration. I'm presuming this survives the transition to the Biden administration? I think we've seen a pretty clear indication from the president's team about the importance of science, the importance of climate change, and the importance of addressing these issues and moving America and the world ahead when it comes to scientific knowledge and creating all of these new wonderful discoveries that will transform our lives and improve the human condition here in America and throughout the world. So I think we're looking at a very robust future for science, climate studies, fundamental physics, and all of the wonderful activities that are occurring vis-a-vis this collaboration. Mike Gold is Associate Administrator for Policy and Partnerships at NASA. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure, and keep looking towards the stars. We'll post this interview along with a link to the memorandum itself at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. 
With Target Red Card, you'll save 5% every day, in-store and online. Find the red card that's right for you, whether it's debit, credit, or Target's new Red Card Reloadable, which doesn't require an existing bank account or credit check. With Target Red Card, you'll get exclusive deals and free shipping on most items. Visit Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. It's always a great day to save. Restrictions apply.